Hey sis, welcome to the growth season with BWP and PNG. In this episode, we're joined by Olamide Aji Shafez. Olamide, otherwise known as Lamy Live, is a final year liberal arts student who is making strides in the radio scene. She has worked with companies such as the BBC and MTV and hopes to continue this work post-graduation. She also has a YouTube channel called Lamy Live featuring a bunch of fun, body positive content. She is going to be in conversation with Goldie Quaker. A Warwick alum, Goldie has been making huge strides in the world of broadcasting and entertainment. Goldie is a budding presenter who currently presents on The Boiler Room and has a weekly radio show on Rinse FM. This week, they'll be talking about being in the creative industry, including their respective journeys and how they've learned to stand out. How have you been during quarantine, lockdown? Oh, how long do we have? Honestly, it's been <laughs> it's been a lot. It's been, definitely been a lot. That is the word that I would use to describe. What about you? Yeah, no, I feel like this third lockdown has really, it's, it's been a lot, you know what I mean? I feel like at first everybody was like, yeah, you know what, it's another lockdown, it's okay. I was one of those people, maybe, I don't know. But then when it was like the middle, I was like, yeah, I can't take this anymore. Like, we need to be freed up. Um, and it's just yeah. funny because I think, I find it so hard also, like, to find inspiration and I feel like when you first start doing like what we do in it like you you have your your basic inspirations or what inspires you inspires you and what drives you but I feel like in the middle of a pandemic it's so hard to find that inspiration like so what would you 100%. what would you say is inspiring you now like you know that is such a difficult question because like you said like this third time around I think a lot of people are just kind of over it like we're just ready for it to be done so mm. as much as I feel like in the first and second lockdown there was a lot of creativity flying around you know it was like beautiful to see people doing the whole concerts from their kitchen counters do you know what I mean like it was yeah it was really really amazing to see but this third one I feel like people are just starting to lack inspiration a bit me included like I'll be completely honest like I have a YouTube channel called Lammy Live <clears throat> that is just <laughs> it's just sitting there and it's collecting dust currently like it is I haven't really done much with it because I think when you're in the creative field it's not like you don't have the nine to five you go to work and then you go home it kind of bleeds over into like everyday life so Mm. especially when you're in this field I feel like it's so important to look after yourself because that will have a reflection on your craft at the end of the day so if I was to be here doing episode episode YouTube 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 I feel like I'd be faking it I feel like I'd just be coming up with stuff that didn't really reflect me as well so at the moment (laughs) nothing is inspiring me in short (laughs) yeah no I hear that yeah but I'm very hopeful because I've taken this time to like look out for myself and I think just that journey in itself is quite inspiring for me because it shows that I'm kind of I'm grown now you know and I know that I have to look after myself in order to be my best self yeah no 100% yeah what about you what's inspiring right now what is inspiring me right now I wouldn't say it's more it's an inspiration I'd say it's more of a driving force do you know what I mean and I think it's Mm. just the drive and kind of like the hunger and determination to get to where I want to get is what's pushing me like I'm up at 5am every morning so that I can get into radio at 8am do you know what I mean Mm. so that I can you know get ready and that may be me even if I want to enjoy my evening on a clubhouse chat room when everyone's just you know talking nonsense (laughs) and enjoying themselves um I still also have that driving factor that's like okay Goldie we need to get rest because we need to wake up at 5am they don't have to but you do do you know what I mean so I think it's even um even when I'm on air and like I feel like when you're on radio especially or like you as a YouTuber um a lot of your content is based around your experiences and like everyday life and what you do and what you encounter and I feel like because of lockdown it's a it's a lot more difficult to kind of I can go to work and be like and not have a story to tell where has more time before Mm. something would happen to me whether it's me falling down the escalator in the tube station or (laughs) you know me seeing a a painting on the train you know there's not really a lot to kind of talk about and discuss so I definitely think kind of stirred away from like inspiration for the moment and more more towards like drive Mm. but yeah amazing yeah I I feel like I kind of asked the second question yeah so I've kind of like striven away from like um inspiration more as drive and I feel like a lot of people, well, a lot of my friends, we all went to the same university, obviously. Um, I'm assuming everyone went to Warwick. Well, you went, you went to Warwick as well. Yeah, you did, right? Yeah, I'm still at Warwick. Yeah, I was in final year. 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. In a Panasonic. I know. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, in a Panasonic. Ask, obviously, like I have a, we have a lot of friends who are doing corporate, so you know, banking, finance, um, consulting. Mm. And I just feel like more when I was in uni, or even till this day to be honest, like there's only two so I feel corporate or creative. There's never really like a <laughs> the in between. You know, entrepreneur sometimes people mm-hmm. just throw you in that oh you're creative you know you just started your own business sort of thing and I just feel like I love the word okay cool we're creatives but even corporate people can be creative within their own roles you know what I mean whether it's you making a spreadsheet or making a powerpoint exactly and I feel like it was just kind of just a word that they needed to kind of like throw out as a blanket statement mm-hmm. and yeah I don't know I just feel sometimes the word does trigger me in it and it's a bit like okay I'm a presenter or I'm a I'm a this please like just acknowledge me for what I do because you can find creativity in so many many ways and many forms so that whole like labeling I just think everyone should just allow listen if I want to be a presenter if I want to be a DJ if I want to be an actor it just is what it is you know yeah so why do you think the word creative triggers you because obviously there's a lot of misconceptions about like the different roles that there are in the quote-unquote creative world um I know you were talking about like people's perceptions as well is that kind of why you you kind of stray away from the word creative do you think I don't know you know I wouldn't say that in in regards to like people's like misconceptions yeah I would say it's more of like I feel like when you're creative quote-unquote creative right Mm -hmm. your social media is very important you know what I mean that's your CV it's a platform where people can see what you do how good are you how good you are at what you do as well and I feel like some of the misconceptions is that everyone sees the final product like the photo shoot or like you know the film Mm. the the, the advert or um the final vlog but no one really sees the days of procrastination that leads up to oh my god okay I need to carry my camera I need to film or oh my god like I need to like you know do this for radio or I need to interview this person like no one really sees that and I think that there's a misconception that if everything's looking great then everything's going great do you know what I mean and I feel like not only in the creative industry I think that's also just like in life as well like we're so kind of like into social media like if somebody's posting regularly happy smiling we just think yeah cool everything's great on their side but Mm -hmm. particularly in the industry that I'm in I feel like a lot of my friends so when I came out of uni and like I kind of started to dibble and dabble in my first year out people would see me out with like really cool people and think oh my god this is gold yeah gold you're doing you know you're you're lit yeah little do they know my husband I'm currently temping at the moment do you know what I mean cool you'll see me with these cool people but it's not all the glitz and glams what would you change about the creative industry do you know what I mean and if you've experienced any negative perceptions like what would you want to change about that I think you literally like just touched on what I was going to say just then like I feel like there is such I don't even know what to to call it like this illusion that what you see is what you get in the creative industry, especially like, like you said, you're meeting the celebrity, you pose for one little picture or whatever, but there's so much more that goes into it. Like you have to do so, so, so much work just for you to get up to that point of that picture, if that makes sense. So I think in terms of like the whole, even like the whole label of creative, like I personally, I don't feel like that really encapsulates what I do because like you said, creative is, it's literally just an adjective. Like what's that? Mm. You you know what I mean? Like you can have a plumber, you can have a lawyer, but a creative? Like how how am I an adjective? Like it, it doesn't really make sense in my head. So I think that's what leads to these kind of misconceptions because there isn't that strict labeling of, oh, this is what I do and this is what it entails. So yeah, I think that is a huge misconception about it. But in terms of what I would change, oh, how long do we have? There is... <laughs> So much in the creative industry that I would change. I mean, as much as it is a beautiful place because it does give people the opportunity to, you know, be, again, using the same word, creative, and, like, creating these beautiful projects and stuff like that, like, it is so, so difficult to navigate. Like, I don't know if you've had the same experience, but like we said, going to a uni like Warwick where everyone's doing their, their spring weeks and their uh JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, you know, that rubbishness. And it's like as much as that doesn't like appeal to me, like I do envy the ability to go, oh, I'll apply for this program. Once I've done this two weeks here, then I'll have a definite job at the end with this beautiful salary. <laughs> you know what I mean? Beautiful salary that I'm creative So I think I would just want more I would say I want more structure in the creative industries, but 
that's kind of like the lack of structure is kind of what makes it appeal to me yeah but at the same time it would make it a lot easier to navigate like we have freelancers super super talented freelancers that can't even like pay their rent you know because they're just going from gig to gig there's like a lack of unions going on in the creative industry um there's a lot of nepotism yeah there is so much nepotism I think that is the biggest thing that I would want to eradicate because as I said I feel like there's so many talented people out there that just aren't getting the shot because oh they don't know that person or are someone else's auntie never worked at the BBC and then that's how they got their way in so I think it's honestly like a real shame that there's a lot of people that just will never live up to their full potential because of the way the industry works yeah no 100% I agree yeah so what would you change about the creative industry? I would change how, um, I'll change the pay first of all. I feel like no matter where you are, at whatever position, if it's entry, I feel like um, if you're good at what you do, do you know what I mean? And you're doing it regularly, I think you should pay people. It shouldn't be an experience thing. A lot of the opportunities in the creative world at first, when I when I first started last year, were, oh, do it, it's great experience. Do it, it's great exposure. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, do it, it'll look really good when you're telling people like what you do and stuff mm-hmm. but if I'm being honest when I was waking up in the morning to go in temp and then going out in the evening to go and like DJ or like present something um it, it's not making sense because like financially we need to live like do you know what I mean I need to live I need to eat um yeah. so I think that's one thing I would change definitely in the creative industry also um representation of black women as well mm. I feel like it's so important um for that that's like another a driving force is because like I want to see more people that look like me on the screen and stuff like that for the younger people who want to do what I want to do so yeah those are the two main things I would actually change to be honest yeah and that's so honestly like as much as we're saying oh yeah we love you Goldie here at VWP you know <laughs> buttering you up for the, for the podcast or whatever like it truly is such an amazing thing to see someone like you like going out and doing what you've never seen people that look like you do before you know like it's like I can do it I can do it you know um (laughs) I think it's really beautiful like because me I've I've been lucky enough to have some you know experiences in like some big places like BBC and MTV and stuff like that and you feel like you work so hard to get there and then once you arrive there and you kind of look around and you're like oh like there's no one here that looks like me there's 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 nothing for me you know and as much as it's like oh I want to be the pioneer of this thing some days it's not every day be the pioneer you know I feel like black women should have the ability to just be mediocre I would love it if black women could just be mediocre you know I really do respect what you're doing because it's it's not easy to be a pioneer anywhere you know let alone in an industry where you just don't see it so yeah kind of talking about this pioneeringness that's not a word but I've used it um (laughs) when did you when did you kind of realize that you wanted to pursue that world rather than you know going down the traditional corporate world if I'm being honest, like, since I was in, like, primary school, I've always, like, loved being in front of a camera, like, being centre stage, like, um, I used to sing in it, and um, I used to, if it was in secondary school, if it was, like, gospel choir, being gospel choir, in primary school, if there was a solo, I'm putting my hand up to do it, like, I loved it, like, I was dying for it, um, and um, I remember um, in... My, one of my primary schools, one of my teachers was like to my mum, oh yeah, like she's gonna, she's gonna be a star. And you know when you, when your mum just gasped, she's like, yeah, Miss Arnold said you're gonna be a star. And I'm just like, okay, let's you know, relax. Um, and then I went to secondary school, and it's just so funny because um, in secondary school as well, um, one of the teaching assistants was like, oh God, you have a great voice for radio. Um, and I was just thinking, oh my God, I don't want to be on radio. What are you talking about? I'm gonna be on TV. I want to be a singer. Um, um, and um, I kind of, even after that secondary school college, I did. I applied for Britain's Got Talent. Like I really wanted to go for. No way. Um, I, I knew I wanted to be um, 
in the not even in the limelight but I know that I wanted to be a performer like I wanted to entertain people I wanted to be an entertainer in it of some sort and it's even funny like me ending up in Warwick because I was I went to a college but they didn't really push like you know great universities like Russell I didn't know what Russell if I'm being honest I didn't know what a Russell Group University was like I didn't know the only reason why I applied for Warwick was because my cousin was going and I didn't want to go to uni by myself you know and it even happened it turned out that she didn't even get into work so I literally ended up going to uni <laughs> by myself um and when I got there it was like it was so overwhelming because all of these kids have come from like great like oh yeah I got six A stars and you know A level and 17 in my final year of you know A levels and I'm here like okay and he's like yeah JP Morgan is paying for my university or whatever and stuff like that and from there that's when the ball dropped and I was like okay Goldie we're a bit out of our depth here you know this is not what we're used to and it was just so funny because I remember like even when we did like the meet and greets and stuff like I would always put myself forward for like all the games and the competitions like I wanted to you know be that was me and in my first year I'd never heard of a spring week in my life and in my first year everybody was doing these applications and I'm thinking oh I thought Easter break is just for enjoyment <laughs> people were like no you know so um I was out here and a lot of my friends did economics. I was really out here um, trying to do cover letters for JP Morgan, for Goldman Sachs, uh, for all of these places. And when I tell you, I wasn't even going for like, you know, small marketing roles. I said, honey, I want to be a consultant. I want to do, be doing numbers. That's what, that's what I was doing. Um, and um, it's funny because... I didn't actually end up getting a spring week. Summer came, I applied for some summer internships and stuff like that. I remember, I think I got to like the final round of like PwC and I, I didn't end up getting it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. And I think it was like towards the end of my second year, um, I'll go to my friends and be like, oh my God, can you read over my um, my cover letters? And all of my friends were like, no, I'm not doing it. No, I'm not doing it. And I'm like, why? And they're like, because you know you don't want to do this. Like, this is not for you. Like, everyone around you can see that this is not for you. So stop forcing it just because other people are doing it. And I feel like in that Russell Group universities, there's a there's like a underlying, like unseen pressure that no one really speaks about, you know? People kind of feel it by them when they're by you feel it the most when you're by yourself in it and like loads of people around you are like, Yeah, I'm doing this internship and yeah, you know, I got a first on my formative. And you know, you know you don't really say anything because if you say too much, people are gonna think, Oh, she's not getting firsts on her formatives. You know, what I mean it's one of those things where you're thinking of what people are gonna think about me, what are people gonna say. So it got to a point where in my final year I was like, Okay, do you know what? I remember speaking on second floor on the library and I was like to my friend, I wanna go on radio, but I don't know how I'm gonna get there. I don't know what I don't know, I just know I wanna start off in radio but I don't know how I'm gonna get there and uh, once I had graduated I was lucky enough kind of to you know be in the right circles and kind of you know work with my friend and meet the right people and stuff but it's always been underlining that I knew that I was never going to be a nine-to-five babe you know I can't even imagine myself in an office if I'm being honest I feel like they'd probably get tired of me I'd probably get tired of myself I'll probably quit because more time even when I was younger and I was doing retail it was hard for me to hold that down, you know, because I'd be calling in sick to go to the remote. I'm like, listen, okay, I've got an event to go to, but I'm sick, so I can't come. But uh, yeah, I think it's been an underlying thing. Like, you kind of know yourself in it as much as sometimes you don't want to accept it. You kind of always know where your heart is. And I've always known that I've wanted to do, I wanted to be like, you know, in the entertainment industry. Like, it's just been something that I want to do. So um, I feel like there wasn't really a point that like I realized I feel like university kind of highlighted that this is not for me and I and I feel like obviously university is a big transition for everyone like everyone's coming into themselves and learning a lot more about themselves and I feel like it took you know I did try to start a YouTube channel in university actually as well Woo, child, the ghetto. Um, I would not suggest anyone to go watch my videos I actually need to make them private I don't know why I have not done that yet but um, that was my first kind of, and all of my friends supported me. And the fact as well that like, there's so many people who I didn't know, who were like, yeah, no, I can see this, this is this makes sense for you. Um, it was kind of like, okay, cool. Maybe I'm doubting myself a bit much. Maybe I'm not rating myself as much as I should be. But yeah, I would say it was never really like a, a clicking moment. It was just kind of like a build up, and it, it gets to a point where you can't deny it anymore. It's just like, yeah, this is just, it's just meant to happen. Um, but yeah, what about you? Where, where did the penny drop? Oh, that is crazy. Cause listening to what you've just said, like, I feel like we have so many similarities like I wanted to be a singer when I was younger as well like I don't know if that's a thing maybe <laughs> we could start a choir you know relive our childhood dream you know um, <laughs> but that's crazy because I feel like like we said 
you always know from a young age that you were just like born to entertain like I was always the person that was even though I was smart I was always being cheeky to the teachers you know I mean they loved it they were eating it up from a young age and I just kind (laughs) of I realized that I liked instilling joy in other people like I love making other people laugh you know and I think because I had that intelligence like I went to um, a grammar school for secondary school and Mm -hmm. I feel like I've kind of felt that quote-unquote corporate pressure from like a young age like even at grammar school everyone was doing oh I do triple science and maths you know what I mean and I was like oh I do like media drama and English and they would look at me like that on their Mm. shoe and I'd be like but that's that's just what I am that's just who I am like I I don't like the idea of like sitting still and just doing I don't know excel spreadsheets I don't even know how to use excel you know what I mean like it just wouldn't <laughs> work for me so <laughs> I always knew that I wanted to do something creative but I never had that spark moment where I was like oh it's radio like yeah I did drama for a long time I actually went to um the University of Birmingham to study drama for a year but then I just didn't like it so I was like oh I'll I'll just go to Warwick then and do liberal arts so I can just kind of have a little taster of everything like I feel like that's always been my personality like I'll have a go at that I'll have a go at that so when I came to uni liberal arts is a new right because I'm sure when I applied that was yeah it's, it's only like like four years old or something so see how evil they are that's okay though to continue (laughs) honestly I feel so lucky that that sort of thing existed because doing media drama English for a level like there wasn't much else that I thought that I could do apart from drama so even getting accepted to work was like such a such a relief first of all and such a blessing because when I came here I joined Raw Radio so the uni's radio station and yeah. It's just kind of like, because I had such a hard time at Birmingham, I was like, I'm going to do everything that I I didn't do when I was there. And I love talking. So I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to start a podcast. I called it Spill the University. Like you can still keep it, it's out there somewhere if you want to, <laughs> if you want to listen to it. And it was just me and a bunch of my friends. So like all black women kind of talking about how we're navigating life at a Russell Group uni. So talking about things from like boys to to more serious topics like racism and I was like I like this like I like talking and like now in this context I'm not getting told off by the teacher like they want me to continue talking and it was kind of like a spark moment it was like oh I can do this um so I I I think that was the moment that I was like radio got on my radar because I had never even thought about radio at all before that point like I didn't even think of it as a job if you know what I mean like I just didn't even know that was a thing so yeah I think I think it's always been that little entertainment spark but in terms of like radio specifically definitely uni for me as well yeah yeah would you say that you'd like face any challenges like um even find kind of making the transition and like figuring it out to what you do now like do you know what I mean like have you faced any challenges 100 percent. so for me I feel like my radio careers happen like very quickly like first time doing radio was what first year uni and then it was it was that summer that I landed my BBC Radio 1 internship so like it was a Mm-hmm. It was a very short space of time, like very, very short. And I was just so surprised that such such a big platform was like, yeah, we want you, especially obviously as a black woman in radio, like there's there's like not a lot of us. So when I went there, I was obviously mm-hmm. so excited, so like grateful to have got an opportunity, but I faced like a lot of imposter syndrome. Like it was hands down like one of the one of the hardest experiences of my life. Like especially being at Radio one which is like predominantly quite white and seeing yeah. one extra in- don't worry honey I am coming I'm coming radio <laughs> come join please <laughs> Um, yeah and then seeing one extra and like um, Asian network on the same floor like I just I didn't know where I fit in and obviously being so new to the game like not even a year of experience under my belt and I I I just kind of felt like I was taking up space now looking back I just want to give myself one backhand because there's people that have been applying to that internship for like 10 years in a row now and still haven't gotten it and I felt like I just woke Mm. up and walked in I was like yeah you're right like let's do this But in the same breath, I feel like if it's meant to be yours, it will be yours. So as much as I like faced all the imposter syndrome and everything, which I still go through now, let me not act as if, oh, it was like some magical potion and now I'm fixed. Like, 
I feel like if it's meant to be you, it is. So I'd say that's a really, really big challenge for me. Like it is, it's a very intimidating industry as well. Like there's a lot of characters. There's a, there's a lot of competition as well because there's not that many roles. So I, I kind of feel like you always have to be on edge a little bit. Like there's a lot of competition and I'm just such like a, like a laid back, I just want to have fun person. And sometimes it can get a bit serious, especially in um, the more, the, the, the bigger organisations. So sometimes I feel as if I like mm-hmm. did it backwards, like, because a lot of people, they work their way up from community radio and they like have at it for a really long time and then they get their break. And don't get me wrong, I did do a bit um, of community radio, big up West Side Radio Station. Um, they were enough to take me in and everything, but... I feel like it's hard to find your feet. That's what I would say. And I I definitely struggled with finding my feet. And I think I still am. But at the same time, I'm 21. You know, I'm literally, I'm a baby. Um, I hope and I pray that I will be able to, to go out there and, find what truly what truly like meshes with my soul that sounded so deep wow clicks for me um, <laughs> but yeah what about you meshes with my soul um challenges i would say uh, very similar to you as well for example i feel like a lot of people will probably think that i've been doing this radio thing for a while but um i actually got my first radio show in 2019 november and that was the first time i'd ever been on radio wow. like in my life and what I did as well, it was kind of like, I've had a few challenges, but I'd, I'd say that um, my, um, I have a lot of like personal challenges as well. I think that happens and it comes in a form of like comparison mm. and it comes in the form of like you, me kind of, um, kind of being harsh on myself and not actually realising, like, for example, I said before, I wanted to get on radio and I'm on radio now, but I'm the type of person where I don't really take time to kind of be like, okay, Goldie, you said you wanted to do this yeah. and you're doing it, yeah. you know, take a break bask in the moment a little bit you know my whole thing is I do something I want to do something I achieve it what's next you know and I feel like yeah like even when I wanted to go on radio at first um I remember trying to because represent had just come about as well um and my whole thing was that I wanted to find a niche station where I could stand out Mm -hmm. enough do you know what I mean that was my trick and I feel like um it's so important not to just go with the hype because there could be so many people like you at that one station or that one that one position or job that you want do you know what I mean so uh when I um when I went there I struggled so much because I was the only black woman there um and I found it kind of hard that was one of the reasons that drew me to there as well because I knew okay cool I'm black I'm the only black woman here as well and I'm lit (laughs) do you know what I mean so (laughs) that's that's a three in one um and I thought I and I knew I would stand out at that station so that was one of the challenges I think and I feel like a lot of um it was hard for me to kind of switch between and find no, not even switch but find who I wanted to be on radio or how I was going to portray myself on radio um I didn't want to be too much one way and too much yeah. the other way and it was it's kind of hard finding that balance of who you want to be in it because it's, it's like everyone's like yeah be yourself but if there's if we're being honest if I'm being myself I would be swearing yes. quite a lot you know <laughs> I would be some of the banter that I say with my friends is a bit techie you know I cannot say it to everyone not everybody's going to get my joke so um it, it's hard to kind of find that balance and I think that that was a challenge for me but yeah like I'm not going to lie like even with imposter syndrome as well I remember when I when I joined Rin, um, I had a weekly once every fortnight show that was the arrangement that they were going to give because they probably thought mm, yeah you know she wants mm. to do radio okay cool but what they hadn't known is that when I went in yeah I was a bit cocky because and I don't know what spirit took over me because that's really bad and I went I had a conversation with one of the producers and I was like I'm gonna get a breakfast show <laughs> and they looked at me and they're like no the person who was doing it has been doing it for years and like, well, he's done it been doing it for years he's, he's not going anywhere and I was like okay <laughs> um and I remember when um I think it was like at the end of that of 2019 like January they called me for a meeting and they're like oh my god we want to give you the breakfast show and I sat there and I was like no Period. way like I've literally Period. been doing this for two to three months so at the same time imposter syndrome is so real but I think at the same time we also need to be able to give mm-hmm. ourselves grace and actually take time and acknowledge listen I'm good at what I'm doing I'm, I'm at a certain level so it's important for me to kind of accept and be like okay cool no I'm good and it's, it's also so important not to like stroke your ego but to to feed your confidence you know what I mean because it's like there's so many people what I hate is that I see so many people see so much things that I don't yet see in myself and for me, it's like, what are these people seeing? And I want to get to a place. And I think everybody should be able to get to a place where they can kind of sit back and be like, I see what they see in, in me. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, OK, cool. Like, I am lit. As much as people be like, oh, yeah, that's big headed. It's not. It's acknowledging, listen, I have what it takes to get to where I want to be sort of thing. But yeah, I'm not going to lie. Do, did you feel like radio at Warwick? 
and now you're on like you're well you're doing your internship with BBC <clears throat> you're a YouTuber like I feel like especially in like the YouTube world as well it's like hard to keep up with like with like mm-hmm. friends and stuff how do you feel oh, about that okay so I feel like kind of touching on what you said like whatever you want to do there will be 10 people that want to do it as well 10 is even a very little number there will be a hundred people that want to do it as well but it's about how you Mm. do it and how you add your personal source to it so as as much as trends are so important because to be realistic you have to be aware of trends so that you can kind of be talking about relevant things you know so yeah you have to be aware of trends so you know what everyone's talking about like if you think about a platform like YouTube like there are literal trends like there are literal popular videos that get big and if you're thinking in a sense of oh I want people to view my video you need to it's kind of like market research you need to know what people are interested in in that moment you know but in the same breath if you're just hanging on to trends, that means people are watching you or investing in you for the trend and not for you as a person. Mm. Because I think a lot of the time, because I'm, I'm a very small YouTuber, I haven't got that many videos out yet, but I think I am enjoying the process of growing naturally rather than just being like, oh, this PLT, blah, 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 that's a trend. I'm going to hop on that real quickly. Like, whatever video I do, because I've done some haul videos as well, my my haul videos are not like any other, okay? I'm talking, I have green screens, I have this, I have that. Like, because you want to be part of the conversation, but you don't just want to be copying what other people are doing, you know? So mm. as much as trends are so important, I think, oh, it's so cliche, but, like, you have to be yourself because... Trends are a trend for a reason. In a, in a week or in two weeks, no one's going to be talking about it anymore. So you really do have to you have to stick to to what makes you happy and what makes you unique. And I think the same thing goes for radio. You know, like I haven't done presenting in like what a, a long time because of these lockdowns. You know, but I think it's so easy to to listen to another person's show and be like, oh, they did that. That was funny. I'll just like reword that and do that in my show. But people can see that from a mile away. Like whenever there's a famous presenter, you'll see 10 people with demos that are just like replicating their style. And yeah, it might be, it might sound funny. It might seem good. But in a year from now, when you're doing your own show, you can't use that formula for every single show that you do. So it's it's basically living a life. You're literally just sticking to these trends you know but yeah I I I think they're important still like I'm not gonna sit here and be like yeah I never touch trends um but it's just how how you navigate them is important in my opinion what about you what do you think about trends I don't know Uh, I would say um have I spotted any trends I would say I haven't really spotted any trends I feel like there's a um a lot of similarities in the sense where like um a lot of the like very well-known presenters have like um a specific kind of personality or um, they portray themselves in a specific way do you know what I mean and I think it's very um important for me to not try to um come across um my USP is me being me do you know what I mean and I think it's very important for me to kind of not um not how can I kind of say be influenced by the way that they kind of like carry out um an interview or have a conversation do you know what I mean I think you could for example some of them I've actually met in real life do you know what I mean and I may pick up some some mannerisms here and there but I think it's very important to there's a fine line between um imitation and inspiration it's very important to kind of make sure that I'm always differentiating between the two someone quote that put that on a t-shirt bwp t-shirt right there Um, (laughs) yeah I think I think the whole idea of being able to be yourself also requires a lot of I'd say a lot of confidence and I feel like as you're in that industry like it continues to to build and grow with you um so obviously someone like yourself being able to sit here and be like I'm myself and that is what makes me unique and that's my selling point um I feel like you must have gone on like a journey of self-discovery like do you feel like when you first entered the industry, like there were things that you didn't know that you now know? Um, please impart your wisdom on me as well, because I'm very much a baby in this place. So please. 
I must say, like, I'm I'm still learning, do you know what I mean? Like, I am still very, like, fresh and new in the game. But a few things that I would say is patience. Patience is so important. And I lack patience. Like, Same, sis. I lack patience in everything. Like, to the extent where, like, if I'm hungry and I put something in the microwave, it doesn't even need to be piping hot because I want to <laughs> eat it. Do you know what I mean? That's me. That's, I lack patience. I could send an email to someone and if you haven't emailed me in the next five minutes, I'm panicking. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, what's happening? Um... But patience is so important. And um, as much as cliche as it sounds, I think it's very important to also acknowledge that it's not it's not mm. a sprint. Do you know what I mean? It's a marathon. And you can't look at what other people are doing because it takes you off of what you're doing. And also everyone's yes. path is different, you know? For example, um, I was speaking to Julie not too long ago and um, she and Maya were coming up around the same time, right? And from the outside, people must have been thinking, oh my God, these two pe- people are presenters. They want to be going for the same thing. But if you look at them now, Julie kind of already knew that, listen, she's into grime. She has a very niche um, kind of, you know, interest in what she wants to present, whereas Maya wanted to be a bit more mainstream and commercial. So um, I think it's so important to kind of also acknowledge that people can be, there's, there's, there's a lot of room for everyone, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Um, and as long as you're good at what you're doing and you're doing it to the best of your your capacity, your potential, that's, that is the most you can do. Um, but also patience because you're not going to get the best paying gig straight away. All your emails won't be replied to. I remember in my my first year of being on radio, the cold mm. emails that I sent, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and my trick was like, I would be like, okay, cool. I want to work with, let's say I want to work with Coca-Cola. Mm. What I'd find out is that on Twitter, a lot of people who work for brands, this is a little key for you, Lord, I know people probably know this, but a lot of people who work for brands or in high positions on Twitter, you can find more time they have their email. On Instagram, you won't really find people's emails, but on Twitter, they'll be like, oh, advertising, marketing at Coca-Cola or whatever. They have their email of the journalist somewhere that would have their email on the page. So whatever brand I'd want to go on, <laughs> I'll find their, their Twitter page. And whoever they were following, I'll go through everybody that they're following, whether it be 3,000 people, 500 people. And I would click on everybody's profile to see, okay, does this person have Coca-Cola in their bio? Even if they don't have the email, I'm going on LinkedIn. I'm going to find somewhere that I'm going to find your contact email and I'm going to email you. Okay, I'm going to we're going to make this work. So I think it's so important to have patience as well, because I've been in positions now like I've met people and um, I've worked with people that I sent cold emails to their emails and nobody has replied to me. They don't know that, though. But when the time is right, they will know that. But they don't know that, you know. So I think it's so important to have patience, you know. Nothing that's worth having happens overnight. Um, And another thing that I've learned as well, self-love is so important. People may say this sounds so corny, but especially if you're in a a creative or if you're in the entertainment industry, it's so easy to compare yourself to other people, whether that be physically or just what what you see on your Instagram career-wise. I think it's so important to just love yourself and love where you are. Um, and I may sound like a hypocrite saying this because there's days when I'm like, oh my God, Goldie, we need to get it together. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, I have to reach a point where I need to love and accept myself so that the people who support me and uh, they want me to win can also love and accept me as well. Because when you're not having confidence, people can feel that energy, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, so I think those would be the three main things um, in hindsight. And also... One thing that I've realised is that what I do has made me so much more anxious. Really? Like, even just to post on social media, it gives me anxiety. Like, I hate posting on social media. And all of my friends, everybody who helps me, they're like, Goldie, we need you to be more active on socials. And I hate it. Like, I don't know why I hate it so much. Because when I was in uni, and I I wasn't really pursuing this too tough, and I was doing up cute things, (laughs) more going to the party, going to the frame, I would post like it's nothing, you know? I get a quick, you know, Drake or Rick Ross song lyrics, slap it in the caption, and I'm just to get my likes. But now, to post something there, it like I have to message like three people. Do you think I should post this? What do you think my captions should be like? And when I look back, I'm like, is this what? Like, it's only going. Is it going to get worse? Is it going to get better? Like, I don't understand. And I think it's just because scrutiny in it. Like, I feel like people are people are watching me for what I do. And I don't want it to be like, oh my god, oh my god, look at her, yeah, look, she looks like she ain't had a bath this morning, or look at her, her hair, she ain't brush her hair, or you know, those are very extreme things. But it's just the smallest things, and I feel like as a woman, we, we as women, we have so much pressure on ourselves to look a certain way as well on social media, um, to always look cute, look, you know, peg, you know, coming on social media without makeup is a big thing. If you see me on my stories without a filter as well, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm really feeling myself that day. So um, yeah, like those three, and like self acceptance, I'd say, and self love are the most like looking back. Yeah, definitely. I feel like you're literally reading my mind. Like it's actually getting a bit spooky. Like <laughs> every single thing you just said, like 
I 100% agree with. Like, I feel some some days I feel like a fraud when I'm going on social media. Oh, look at me taking picture in front of Radio One sign, blah blah blah. People don't know <laughs> that I've been emailing since I was 13. I've been emailing, you know, this you company, know? that company. Look, I can show you my email inbox. It's empty, okay? Like it's empty. This was <laughs> the first time that I've really, I've really got an opportunity and. As much as the whole imposture syndrome thing was a thing, I had to think to myself, like, no, you've been working for this since you were a teen, since you were a baby, you know? So, like, this is what you deserve. But in the same breath, it's like, I don't want to go on social media and be like, life is amazing. Everything is, co-. especially now, we're in a Panasonic, you know? We are in a pandemic. <laughs> we're in a pepper Pig. Yeah, exactly. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be going out and being like yeah my life is so great my life is this is that it's not always and that is so okay like the amount of anxiety I feel posting on social media as well is crazy and I think I feel like that's almost becoming a universal thing for like people our age now which is it's really sad to see because some days I'll be like editing this like sending it to people is this okay to post what do you think about this and I have to think back to like, remember when social media was just fun? Yeah. And there wasn't a paycheck attached to it or there wasn't there wasn't this big persona attached to it. And I really, I really miss those days. I really do, especially, um, so now I have like a Finsta, which is like a fake Instagram. And I feel like I- Same, I love my Finsta. Exactly, you can go on there, you can be your actual self, you can be looking dusty, you'll still be having fun, you know? And it's like, I, you know? I feel like we've lost that in the in the creative industry, especially with the influx of influencers and all that stuff. Like, I just want the fun back. And just hearing you say that, I'm really surprised. Like, I, I didn't, I felt like I was the only person that felt like that. Like, no, trust me. Yeah. Um, and again, I think it goes back to the whole, there not being that whole separation from work and life in the creative industries. Like, you're going on Instagram, you're posting what you want, but it is still kind of work at the end of the day. You are still yeah. building this persona. Or you are still trying to be um, visible to the masses, you know? So kind of for you, do you feel like you have an opportunity to kind of like separate those two? Or do you think like your creativity kind of kind of bleeds into your, to your everyday life as well? I feel like it definitely, most definitely bleeds into my everyday life in a sense where like even... Like sometimes my friends don't even know where they like that they're doing it, but like I'd be like I'd say something funny or do something funny, and they'd be like, oh my god, do that again, and they pull out their camera. Do you know what I mean? So it's just like, oh my god, like I'm just my honeys, I'm just living my life, yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like because everyone's so like, okay, this is great content, we need to record this, mm-hmm. and I feel like even on socials, like my social media. I may post a, co- a cute picture, but my caption's going to be something funny, do you know what I mean, to show my personality. Yeah. I might, you know, I'm going to post a video of myself, but the video of myself is going to be me, you know, something that is adding to my portfolio for people to see, okay, this is this is her personality, this is what she's about. Yeah. Um, so I think even even in everyday life, yeah, like all of the events that I go to, like work events, a lot of like the, the events that I'm invited to or that I attend are parties, like let me be real, but <laughs> it's... Is there parties, but the people that you meet in there are the people that are going to be in the office the next day, do you know what I mean, that are going to be the ones that you want to work with. So um, it's cool going to a party and having fun and getting lit with, you know, these people, but it's also important to manage yourself and know the conversations that you're having with these people and making sure that you're leaving a long-lasting impression, you know. It's important that you're leaving a long-lasting impression on these people so that they're like, oh, my God, that Goldie girl. Or, you know, they follow you on Instagram after that one night and you're like, okay, we've linked those two things. And I feel like even in terms of, like, um, my personal life, in terms of, like, when it comes to, like, dating and stuff like that, I think that I can find this is one of the most, this is my pet peeves, right? Listen, I will, like, say, find a cute guy on Instagram or something and I'm going to follow him, yeah, follow him. And I like a one-two picture that was posted three years ago, yeah? Um, then he decides to message me and I'm getting excited and I'm like, oh my God. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a rapper. Or he's like, oh yeah, I'm a manager. Do you know what I mean? So Jesus. I feel like it's hard because 
I feel like a lot of the time it's always just a mix and blend like it's always bleeding into my life in all avenues um and I don't say I wouldn't say I hate it like you know what I mean because it this I I live for it this is what I want to do like you know what I mean I don't care if I'm single forever as long as I'm having a great career doing what I love doing you know I don't care that's me personally but yeah I would say it bleeds into a lot of um of what I do in my life basically what would you do you agree if I hear one more SoundCloud EP I think I'm gonna scream (laughs) <laughs> I think I will scream genuinely it's I'm not I'm now deep in it because like you you watch interviews of like celebrities and stuff being like oh I can't date regular people because you know that's a whole different life it's a whole different lifestyle and not to say I'm a celebrity <laughs> at all <laughs> when you have like oh BBC in my bio or hey I'm a YouTuber and I have my channel link in my bio if a brother is moving to me they are going to click. They're going to do their CRB check. We all know it's going to happen. Do you know what I mean? I hate it. <laughs> yeah. On my YouTube, there's videos of me burping and twerking. And it's like, will I ever marry at this point? Like, I really don't know anymore. <laughs> and it's it's just so uncomfortable because they want to talk about it. And I'm like, I, I don't want to talk about that. Like, so... I personally, I find it weird not being able to separate the two. Like, I've been thinking to myself, I might have to make a fake Instagram to give to men, you know, when I want to actually genuinely. But do you know what it is? That goes back to what I was saying about self-love, because if you believe in your source, like, full wholeheartedly, Mm -hmm. and you're like, you know what? I accept me mm-hmm. for me in it and I'm lit. So if you want, if you can acknowledge the litness, then you are you can come and be part of my party. But if you don't, that's your own business. And I feel like there's days when I realise that and I'm like, listen, I feel like this guy, he's not interested in me because of what I do. He's just not, he's not realising the yes. source, you know, he's yes. not there. But, um, and if he does, then cool, you know, let's, let's do this. But yeah, sorry you were No, saying. I needed to hear that, you know, because it's not that I don't believe in my source. It's just like, I just don't want you to have any yet. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I'm quite... <laughs> I, I just... No, you can't taste it yet. Not yet. Once once you get to that point, <laughs> I will then let you see the, the, the real me, you know? But I feel like when you have yeah. your personality all over your page and stuff, in one way it is good because they see the crazy off the bat. There's no hiding it. There's no denying it. You knew what you signed up for. But at the same time, it's kind of like you miss out on that stage where you like kind of get to that point where you're like, oh, she she is funny. She is quirky. You know what I mean? It's straight off the bat. Here I am burping. Yeah. Like it's just, you know, that's not a first date <laughs> situation. That's not a first date chat. Um but no, you're right. You're right. You believe in your source. It won't matter if they see it. I, yeah, I like that. I definitely do. Because you mentioned talking about social media, the, the whole comparison thing. That is something that I really went through. Like there's there's periods of time where I just delete all of it. Like I think that's healthy for everyone to do, to be honest, to delete socials for a while. Um, but it was getting to the point for me where I was like clicking on um, creatives again the word creative can mean anything but creatives instagrams and seeing their highlights and just being like oh they did that project and then that project and then that project um so I think that was quite unhealthy but in another sense it it motivated me a lot because I saw this one babe and she just had highlights galore and I was like that is so sexy like the fact that you've done all these things like that is like good on you like it was amazing and then I was like I want that for myself and if you now go and click on my Instagram at lammy.live, come and see highlights. Do you know what I mean? So it it's kind of like <laughs> there, there was that journey there where rather than being like, oh, she's done all of this good stuff. I've done nothing. It was more like she's done this good stuff. Let me come and join the club, too. So I think sometimes comparison can be good within limits. I'm not talking about like body comparison and stuff like that, because that is a whole another conversation especially when you're like in a forward-facing industry like okay so radio isn't video but radio often leads into what like tv presenting or like we're talking about youtube it's so so easy to feel like because I don't have this tiny waist and this big big bum and boobs that that you're just not good enough or you can't get to that position I don't know have you ever felt that way in like comparison physically like it was gonna hinder you from getting to a certain point 
I was at a stage like last year, early last year, where I was like, listen, I need to lose weight because I want to be able to fit into samples. Mm. So, for example, like I have a lot of like um, one of my closest friends, he's a stylist. Mm. Right. And he like he starts for like all these great people. And, you know, he has all of these sample size stuff. But, you know, when you're styling people, that's what that's what they send. That's what they take. So um, I was at a point where I was like, I'd be in his house and he'd go, oh yeah, try this one and it's not fitting me. So for me, it's like, okay, cool. So when the time comes, Goldie, where you need to be wearing sample, when people are going to be sending you stuff to wear, sample stuff, you need to be able to fit that stuff. So for me, it was at that point, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to lose weight or I want to do this in order to be able to look this certain mm-hmm. way. Um, and it's very that's a very unhealthy thinking. Like, it shouldn't be... You wanna you wanna lose weight because you wanna fit into this or you wanna be able to wear some sample size is small. Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, it is what it is. Um but um yeah, I don't know. I would say that that whole comparing like, you know, bodies and stuff like that and physical physicalities as well. Um, even I remember when I first started, like me being a black woman, a dark, um, dark skinned black woman. I, um, I would be like, oh, you know, there there are women of color, yeah, mm-hmm. but there's no black women. Yeah. You know, there's women who are a mixed race, which um, the media would label, oh yeah, these are black women, you know, or whatever. Um, and I don't look like that. So I think as well, like I've never ever kind of wanted to be, you know, light skin or like I've always loved me being me in it. But it kind of was like, oh, okay, cool. Does this mean I can't get where I want to get because um of my, my skin shade or my my skin tone mm-hmm. sort of thing. And it, it puts things into perspective. And I feel like, like I said before, when you get to a certain place, it's all about acceptance and love. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And we have to just, everyone needs to realise that you are you for a reason. In it. And if you are meant to be, you know, the next Jeff Bezos or, you know, you're meant to be the next Oprah Winfrey, whether you're black, white, Asian, it's going to happen. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, and even just going back to what we were saying in terms of like, you know, looking back in hindsight and like, you know, being able to think, oh, this is what I, I used to be. This is what I, um, this is how I used to think. This is what I want to think like now or like, I can't believe I used to do that, like sending cold emails and mm. stuff like that. For somebody who's like trying to like, you know, make their way into the creative industry, whether it be radio, just creative in general, do you know what I mean? Like what advice would you have to give them? Oh, baby, never take no for an answer. Like, that is the first thing I would say to them. Don't listen to these people, okay? They'll say no to you. And then the next week when you're popping, they'll be like, oh, do you want to work with us? No, okay? You need to keep, 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 keep going. Like I was saying, I've been emailing this person and that person for work experience since I was like 14, 14. And if we counted how many emails I sent and how many opportunities I've got, there would be a very big difference in numbers. Mm -hmm. I'd also say you need to know whether this industry is for you or not like I know it looks like it's lots of glitz and glam but it absolutely is not it's a lot of hard work it's a lot of long shoot days it's a lot of you know if you're freelance chasing people to pay you stuff like that like you genuinely have to look at it and be like am I am I built for this you know so I'd really encourage people to interrogate that within themselves I'd also say adding on to the don't take no for an answer like it's 2021 you know what I mean like we have all of these resources at our fingertips like you you don't need a yes because you can make it yourself like me when I came to uni and I started my own podcast I just used the mic in the studio and then it led on to this and then it led on to that you know what I mean you don't need to you don't need to say oh yes I'm at the BBC, now I can do my podcast. You can do it from the comfort of your room. Like, you have, most people have an iPhone, unless you're an Android user, which, anyway, um, most people have an iPhone, you know, it just, <laughs> That is so shady. <laughs> yeah, most people have iPhones, you know, you can, you can film a YouTube video on an iPhone. Like, I always get people messaging me like, oh my God, I want to start YouTube. Like, what camera should I get? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you don't need to now go and f- buy a 600 pound camera. You're not even sure if you want to do this yet. Like start small, slow and steady, you know, wins the race. Like just make it because you enjoy it. Because at some point, which I'm really scared of actually, it will be that you're making it because you have to. So really relish in doing it just yeah. for enjoyment whilst you can. And just don't beat yourself up. Like, I feel like I'm low-key talking to myself at the same time as well, because all this advice I'm giving, like, it's not, I'm very much at the start of my journey and this is still stuff that I'm working through, but don't beat yourself up about it. You'll look at people, presenters or actors, and you'll be like, oh, they're, they're 23. 
why am I not in that position now? And it's like, they've had a completely different journey to you. You shouldn't be looking left or looking right. You should just be looking forward. If you believe in your own source, you'll get to where you need to be. So definitely. And um, no job is too small. You know, if you're starting small, start off community radio station. You don't need to go, oh, BBC straight away. They probably won't say yes. They probably won't even answer your email. Start small and keep grinding. And eventually the right people will start saying yes to you. Yeah. What about you? I think you, you've said it all. I would say definitely the same thing about making sure you want to do it because being a creative is not a part-time job, let me tell you that. It consumes you, do you know what I mean? I know that at the same time, being a creative is hard in this climate as well because, you know, we have bills to pay for. Like I said, your first couple of jobs are not going to be the gr- in the grands and stuff like that. But um, you ha- kind of have to have this hunger for it. Like, as as I feel like everything I say sounds very cliche. Like, there's a certain hunger that, you know, you, you know this is all you want, you know? And I feel like if you know you have that burning drive, it doesn't even have to be for the creative industry. It could be for anything. It doesn't have to be presenting. It could be you want to be a producer or you want to be an actor. If there's, there's we have to learn how to trust our guts so much more in it. There's a reason why we have that feeling or, um you know, our, I say my spirit in it. Like I love to say, listen, my spirit doesn't agree with this or I'm not, you know? And I feel like we really need to be able to identify what our body's telling, this is for you. This is what we should be doing. This is what feels right. So I would definitely say, listen, if this is what you want to do, if you know you want to do this, or even if you have a little bit of inkling, try it out. You never know. You know, we have so much time. Um, we don't have a lot of time, actually. I lied. We do not have a lot of time. But when you're young, it's just good to try everything Yeah, that comes to mind because you never know which one you're going to actually genuinely fall in love with. And definitely just, you know, keep pushing. And like I said, guys, patience is key. Have patience. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, that sounds like a, a good little point to kind of wrap up. First of all, it's been wonderful talking to you, Goldie, as always. You too. But to kind of finish, I just wanted to ask, is there like a, a song that kind of describes how your journey has been so far in this industry? Oh my God. Well, let me tell you guys, you see with me in songs and music, I'm a bit of a mix up and blender person. <laughs> so you guys know I love a bit of I do love a bit of rap. I do love a bit of drill. I do love a bit of soul lection. I do love a bit of house. There's a lot of there's a lot of songs that I can think of right now. But if I had to choose one, I would most definitely say it's gonna be so cliche. Rick Ross, Tears of Joy. Because oh. uh, I just feel like in this song, he's just like, God, what did I do to deserve this? You know. And I think it's just so important for sometimes for us to just sit back and be appreciative and be like, Wow, like I'm where I wanted to be when I was, you know, five years ago or two years ago. So yeah, what about you? Oh, I knew you were going to flip the script. Um, um, <laughs> let me go to Spotify real quick. Most um, <laughs> played. <laughs> you know what? I am. This is literally one of my favourite songs ever. It's going to have to be Essence, Wizkid, featuring Thames. I think just... You said a love song. Wow. Love that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like the lyric, I feel it coming. Time is of the essence. Bars, bars, because I'm at the beginning, you know, like I don't know where I'll end up. I don't know what exactly I'll be doing, but I feel like I'm very much enjoying the ride at the moment. I hope I continue to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Time is of the essence. And we'll see. You say that's what you're listening to at the moment, right? What are you listening to and what what are you reading as well? That's what I want to know. Me, I don't read um yeah uh, yeah I don't read uh, I can't lie <laughs> but, is it uh, <sighs> yeah I'm not I'm not a big reader but listening to I think so basically when I had my show at Warwick I I had a I had a little segment called <laughs> the name is really embarrassing but it was called power hour okay I don't know if they're gonna have to bleep that out but <laughs> <laughs> it was basically a segment where I like just bigged up like all the the female rappers in the scene like especially like black female rappers because again like we're talking about representation and stuff like that it was just an opportunity that I felt that I could you know put them on a a platform as small as Radio at Warwick is but um just to educate the people and who's out there because as I've been saying the whole time there's so many talented people out there just just waiting for a shot you know 
Um, so yeah, I listen to, I mean, I can say the bait ones now. <laughs> Doja Cat, um, Princess Nokia, Little Sims. She's so lit. So yeah, wh- what about you? Speaking about black rappers, actually, what I'm listening to is, she's new, she's up and coming. I found her because she had the song was on the playlist on my radio station. And I'm telling you, it's such a vibe. She's like, she's from the UK as well. Her name is Kish, K-I-S-H with a, um, an exclamation mark. And the song is called Work Like. I've had that song on repeat and I love a good sample in it and it's like the instrumental is just so soothing like it's just it's crazy I think everyone listen guys kish k-i-s-h exclamation mark work like um you should listen to it it's just like I don't know it's different but I am reading I did used to read a lot when I was a kid as well but after uni I said I will never pick up a book again but um now I'm joking but I am reading I'm actually reading Asata um Asata Shakur's um autobiography um, and basically she was in the Black Panther movement and it's basically just her experience. And, you know, it, it sheds lights on a lot of revolutionaries that were around during the 1960s and her experience, you know, being a black woman in America. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, touching on um, black female UK rappers, Emmy is definitely another one to check oh, out. Yeah, yeah, she's good oh, still. Black girls. Also, I interviewed her, so check it out on my YouTube channel. For oh, this um but yeah definitely the uk scene is doing big things yeah i think that's a good place to end i will check out that book as well you will you will break my reading fast okay i'll check it out just for you. <laughs> um yeah it's been talking to you honestly um we'll have to we'll have to have a little chat you know maybe i'll have a have a little gander at rinse maybe have a cheeky bit of work no, experience. 100% listen it's been great uh, speaking to you do you know what's crazy I told you I was like listen um down to have you come in and then you know I got the breakfast show and stuff like that and um, then corona well I got the breakfast show, show during corona so last year March I started doing it it's they're, they're just really strict with numbers and stuff but don't worry man once things get back to the new normal love to have you in <laughs> you, I'd love to come before we go do you want to plug any like projects or anything that you're doing so you guys already know listen to my radio show every monday to thursday ritz fm 8 a.m till 10 a.m also an eye out guys because i'm looking to do some charity work in regards to um sanitary products and sexual health in nigeria so make sure you guys keep an eye out for that um and yeah just stay safe guys coronavirus please abide by the rules so we can turn up and be free <laughs> uh, but yeah that's it amazing what about you got any finishing words Oh, me? <laughs> Maybe one or two. <laughs> oh, me? Um, Sorry. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you can check out my YouTube channel, Lamy Live. It's L-A-M-I space live. Follow me on my Insta and Twitter, all that good stuff. Still at Lamy Live. And, yeah, feel free to message me as well if you want to ask anything, because I know it's really intimidating, like, just wanting to DM people and be like, how do I do this or that? But I nine times out of ten I'm gonna answer your DM and try and help you out because yeah, that was me at one point. So yeah, feel free to pop up, stay safe, look after yourself, take it easy. Well, bye babe, it was nice talking to you. Oh, you too. Thank you for listening to this episode. Since this is the growth season, we want you to reflect and grow with each episode. So we've left some questions in the description curated to help you on your career journey. We'd encourage you to dig deep and reflect on them throughout the week. Be sure to follow Alameda, Goldie and BWP on our socials and see you next time.